Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. Welcome to another episode of the Behind the You podcast. I can legitimately say this is my guy. Yes, indeed. David Cooney, that voice you hear right there, who, oh, you know what? I, I should have prepared better. I'm sorry. Give, what Your official title is what? I'm the director of recruiting here at the University of Miami. So you have come quite a long way since we first met many years ago on the fields of uh, South Dade High School. <laughs> many, many moons ago. Many moons ago. I have less hair. You, you're still holding on okay. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. I'm holding on. All right, so let's just start here. I'm going to start off with something good and something fun right up your alley. Because a little birdie told me, and that little birdie was the guy that was just knocking on your door. <laughs> one, Demarcus Van Dyke. Is it true you came up with two rings, one chain? I, I kind of did. It was kind of like we were searching and searching and searching, and we kind of went into everybody's offices trying to get it okay once we did we just kind of took off and ran with it it was deep <laughs> yeah man the little uh, i got a little creative side to me man every now and then some ideas floats in this this dome of mine we tend to catch on a little bit well that's why you're the director of recruiting <laughs> yeah yeah coach ds saw a little something in me my my, my creative my, my creativity a lot of times on this podcast, we, we talk about the journey and the path, and we'll also have some time to talk about recruiting in the University of Miami. I got to make sure we make it all worthwhile here, Mr. Cooney. But, you know, when I first met you, you were, you were a, an assistant high school position coach and an assistant track coach. But the one thing about you from back then, because you were, you were helping me with a project um, back with South Florida High School Sports, but ever since I've known you, you just have a passion for coaching and a passion for kids. So why did you enjoy high school coaching so much? Because like there are guys that do it and it's a job, but with you, it always seemed to be joy. Yeah, no, it's always been fun for me. I had the, the wonderful experience of having a high school coach that invested a lot into me. Uh, with Coach Wandola, but also my my position coach with Coach Kent. I saw how much they poured into me, you know, individually. I just kind of always remembered that, you know, and, and it made an impression on me to the point to where now I still get a joy out of, you know, just pulling the guy to the side and, and helping him out, just be it on the field, all the field stuff, just trying to drop some gems to, to guys just to make sure that they understand that one, you're not alone in this thing. And two, like, you know, you got somebody here that's seen it and, and wants to help. A lot of times these kids, you know, they, they kind of get lost on, along the way. Um, they kind of feel like, you know, they don't have anybody to turn to at times. And I, I kind of try to be that, that listening ear. So coach G is coach Guandolo, who's not coaching anymore, but for a long time, was it just a, 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 an awesome person and a big and a legendary coach in this area, South Ridge, Shamanah Madonna, Cypress Bay. I'm, I'm probably missing a few. Uh, was he your coach the whole time at South Ridge? Yes. Yes. He actually, we, uh, I started at South Ridge in 96 and he was, that was his first year at South Ridge. He came from Pace 
I know he's been all over. He's been from from the northwest corner of Broward to the southernmost part of Dayton. He was your coach all three years? Yeah, all four years of high school. Can you explain for those that don't know, give it a little bit on Coach Guandolo because he is a unique bird. He, he definitely is. Uh, he was very demanding of us, um, but he always made sure that all of his players understood how much he cared. Uh, you know, we called him the Italian stallion. We all kind of mimicked his voice, you know, but you know, for the most part, every day that we came to work, it was, you know, we went 100 miles an hour. And, you know, at the end of every practice, you know, we pray and we make we make sure that he preached brotherhood and togetherness and family. And it, like I said, it's, it's hard for his personality to not kind of like latch on to you as a player for him. And he, you know, we had a we had a running back that actually had a child that was in um, while he was in high school. And, you know, he would bring like, the, like Curtis Cannon was his name. That's a really good friend of mine, one of my best friends. And he would bring little Curtis to practice on days where, you know, he didn't have, he didn't have, you know, anybody to watch his kid. And Coach Wondola would literally be walking around with little Curtis on his shoulders coaching practice. Or he'd build like, like a little mini playpen for him out of our, our dummies and keep little Curtis in the play. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that is, is what kind of, resonates with me when you when you talk talk about coach g man coach g is uh, a legend to me in my eyes and i just i love everything about that man i might be wrong on this so if i am to probably get edited out but if i'm right it stays in was vinny scavo the athletic trainer yes he was i knew it that's uncle vinny man he now he's been around too but i bet you uncle vinny was good with the high school kids because he's just great with everybody amazing he was amazing he tells a story that that you know southridge put an s in the middle of his training room that he actually built. And he said the S wasn't for Spartans, it's for Scavo. Now we're talking about the head athletic trainer for the University of Miami. He's been there now for probably 10 years who just makes sure everyone's up and going. You mentioned before, David, that you want to be like that mentor. And it could be now at UM, even though you're in recruiting, I know you have a good relationship with the kids. But, you know, South Dade, you were at Coral Gables, you were at Southridge, you coached seven on seven. It didn't matter what school those kids went to. It didn't matter if they were your kids. You always made time for all the kids. You had a lot of kids. You had a lot of little kids that are running around under your watch. Why did you gravitate to all of them? Because uh, I wanted to give back. You know, I wanted to kind of give what I didn't get when it came to training and, you know, kind of make sure that, you know, you're constantly working on your crowd because, you know, you see guys, you know, out you know, doing your own thing. And I just kind of want to provide some type of guidance for the guys. You know, if I'm, you know, I can get better when it comes to being whatever position, being a running back or being a quarterback or being a receiver, I can get better at my craft if I know what I'm doing, you know, and I just kind of want to provide guidance for those individuals and be at whatever position. Even if I didn't play the position, I knew the, you know, at least the techniques of it and I can, I can coach. You know what I'm saying? And, and I kind of like help those kids out. But I feel like you were more invested in them beyond the football field. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, you always had kids with you, around you, near you. You were always invested in them. No, nah, definitely. I mean, my biggest thing uh, when it comes to young men is you're not going to always be 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to make sure I leave an impression on you. Like the coaches in my past left an impression on me to want to be, you know, a better human 
overall. Like, I want you to grow up and want to be a, a, a great father, a great employee. And I think that's kind of what where my passion came from is like, you know, like I've had great mentors in my life. So I wanted to be an example of a great mentor to someone else. Was it always going to be coaching for you? Like you played college ball, correct? Yes, yes, yes. I played junior college ball up in upstate New York at uh, SUNY at Canton. How was that? But, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this. In the North Country, it would get about 30 below, you know, and uh, I actually played for uh, Coach Lou Saban, who, uh, who's passed on. But another great mentor, man, he uh, kind of come to me and say, you know, do you think you can do what you want to do with football while, you, while you're here at this junior college? And, you know, he was leaving after my first year there and, and wanted me to go with him to, uh, he wanted up going to Chuang in North Carolina and wanted me to come down with him. And I was like, coach, you know, I, I, I was big on commitment and loyalty and, and things of that nature. I said, coach, I made a decision to come here and I want to, you know, kind of like ride it out here. So again, like I said, another great mentor, a guy that kind of poured into his team and, so you did two years at JUCO? Yeah, I did two. Did uh, actually want my first year at the end of my first year. My no, no, I'm sorry. My second year, I wanted to tear my ACL, um, and I left. Yeah, I graduated from the JUCO and then transferred down to FAU and was there with with Schnellenberger. Yeah, you were part of Schnellenberger's team. I walked on. I walked on at FAU. What was it like playing for Schnellenberger? Another guy that kind of like he was he was kind of coming up, along to the end of his career. Um, uh, was recruited a little bit by Coach Van my, after my first year at the junior college. And when I tore my ACL, I just kind of like, you know, I was kind of locked in. I, I was recruited by Stony Brook and schools up there in, in New York, but I wanted to come home. I was tired of the snow, tired of the cold, and um, just decided to take my chances and walked on at, at FAU when Coach Snellenberger was, you know, he's kind of like a god down here <laughs> when you talk about South Florida athletics and football and being a pioneer. Especially in the offices you're sitting in. <laughs> exactly. So he, he was just kind of like a, you know, kind of one of those those big figures that you kind of wanted to always please. And he was, he would kind of like stand on that balcony and overlook practice. And he was like more of a manager when it came to the end of his career. But, you know, another great, great, great human being to be around. So you knew you were making another choice after college, right? That it wasn't going to be football. Yeah, no doubt. Like I, I, I did some, you know, did some training and wound up actually uh, going out to Stockton, California, playing indoor ball. And, uh, you know, that didn't work out. So I came back home and graduated with a degree in, um, in business management. And I minored in real estate, wanted to get into real estate. And you could have sold houses. You could have sold yeah, houses. I think I, I think I could have did a good job there, but I felt like, you know, I had a, had a young, a young, beautiful woman in my church, uh, Mother Baker. She loves us from David Cooney now. And uh, she was a, a guidance counselor at Southridge when I, you know, when I was there, when I was actually leaving. Um, and she said, why don't you come back and teach? You know, why don't you come and give back to the community that that helped raise you? You know, and, and it, that that type of stuff stuck with me. So, you know, that's that's how I became. Because I, I honestly, Josh, I did not want to coach. <laughs> I didn't. No, I didn't. You didn't want to coach? I didn't. No, I didn't. I was, you know. Done with football. Yeah, I was done with football. You know, kind of wanted. I would train and lift weights and, you know, but once I kind of got into it and saw how much of an impact I can have and help and, you know, just kind of give guys, you know, the knowledge that I had gained over the years that I didn't have when I was kind of on the grassroots level in high school and, 
you know, once I decided that, you know, hey, let me go ahead and help some of these guys achieve some of their goals, their own personal deals that they want to go through. And once I made that decision, I took it and ran with it, and here we are today. Did you start at Southridge? Actually, my first coaching job was at Goose Park. <laughs> Youth football. Youth football, man. I uh, I was at Goose Park with Coach Terrence, and he gave me my first job, man. And I took to the kids, loved it, and my first high school coaching gig was at Southridge, coaching JV with Coach Cedric Cherry, who's still at Southridge as uh, assistant principal. And uh, I left Southridge and went to Coral Reef for three years with uh, Coach Chevis Clements. Left there after that third year and went to South Dade where we met. Okay. Uh, did a year at South Dade and then uh, got an opportunity to go over to uh, to Gables right. uh, with Coach Pollard and was his offensive coordinator there. We did some great things over there. He was amazing changing that program around. And then uh, Coach Billy Rowe got the job at my alma mater and like he's another legend in the game down in South Florida. So it was just like, I, I couldn't say no, you know, having an opportunity to go back home. And, you know, uh, once I, once we got things rolling over there, it was, you know, it was a match made in heaven. Wound up winning the championship there. And how was that? Oh man, think about it. We, we hadn't won since the nineties. Actually my senior year of high school, we were the last team to go to state from South region to that 99, 2000 team. We lost to uh, Tallahassee Lincoln. Uh, we're still kind of like me and my boys get together. We still talk about that game to this day. After we lost that, it was kind of like it had been a long time, you know, since Southridge had been relevant. And to go home and be able to kind of like see the effect that the winning at Southridge had on that community, it's, uh, it leaves me speechless, you know what I'm saying, to talk about it just because you can affect so many families with this game. It's so crazy. You know, and it, it gave me great honor and joy to, to do it in the same halls that I walked, you know, on the same field, same practice field that I practiced on. To this day, I'm still in awe that we were able to kind of like go there and, and have the success that we had and achieve those goals for those kids. Didn't Pope catch the game winner? Yes, he did. He wanted to argue with me about throwing him the ball. Wait, what was the argument? He, he just can't. It wasn't really an argument. It was just. He came to the sideline and said, Coach, throw me the ball. I was like, well, we didn't we throw you the ball? Like, you've been getting the ball a little bit. And then I thought back, it's like, no, you haven't. So uh, we just I just wound up calling the play that I called uh, early in the game. Let's hear the play. What was the play call? It was pump. We just, uh, it, was a, it was a fake bubble. It was like bubble and go. So we had called it to open up the game to D. Wiggins. And the quarterback kind of overthrew the ball, wound up landing out of bounds and just called it again at that particular phase of the game. And the rest is history. You're a genius. Nah, Pope's a genius. <laughs> That'll segue nicely. And this is a genius when you have good players, Mr. Director of Football Recruiting. Please believe it. So you get the call to come to Miami, but I, I want to ask you this. Was it your goal to try and get to college? Never. And I, I, kind, of, I kind of feel like, you know, great things happen to people when you're not looking for it. Chuck Amato actually offered me my first college job to go to Akron, but my clock ran out, you know, when it came to, you know, yeah, well, I was going to, it was a GA spot up there in Akron. And then, um, you know, that didn't work out. And then Coach Monroe offered me the second, my second job, but it wouldn't work out financially at Syracuse. Plus that cold weather again. Yeah. Yeah. New York, New York weather, man. 
you love it and hate it at the same time, but it is what it is. But then so when Coach Rick and and uh the University of Miami came calling, it was kind of like, you know, I I I had to sit down with Coach Sam Burley. Again, like I said, I, I've been surrounded and blessed to be surrounded by a lot of men that mentored me and, and helped me. He sat me down and said, Cooney, you've done all this great work for a lot of people. When are you going to take some time for yourself and, and really like push yourself, challenge yourself, you know, and, and that kind of resonated with me. And because I had told I told Banda and, and the guys when they asked me, like, did I did you ever want to coach? college? I, I used to always say no. And then I kind of like doubled back and was like, hey, coach, you know, I think I'm ready between Coach Thomas Brown and Coach Dugans and those guys that were here when Coach Rick was here. You know, they kind of all chimed in because they saw my passion for helping kids. Like I, we left uh, Paradise Camp and took a, a busload of kids that the one that ended at like 12, the, the very first Paradise Camp, you know, it ended at like around 12 in the morning. And, you know, we jumped on the on the uh in our in our vans and and headed up to Tuscaloosa and took a, a van for kids uh, on the road to uh, to Alabama. So they knew I had a drive and a passion for it, and I wasn't looking for it. It just kind of found me. And like I said again, here we are. If this doesn't happen, do you, would you think you become a high school head coach? Yeah, yeah, I could have saw. I I can definitely see me coaching and <laughs> being the head coach down here somewhere. Did you want to be the head coach at Southridge? Oh yeah, I, I think I could have rolled into the sunset at Southridge. <laughs> You'd have been one of those legendary guys. It's home, man. It's home. So you said so they reach out to you. Miami reaches out to you. You kind of say no. You kind of have a sit down with a mentor. You kind of like, hey, let me look at myself. You kind of circle back and say, I guess I'm willing and able. But then what, how does it kind of officially go down? So I actually met with Coach Rick as a, an interview, <laughs> so to speak. Uh, we kind of got to know each other We because we had we had talked. Um, I actually took kids up to Coach Rick when he was at Georgia. Had a, had a receiver that wound up uh, committing and playing for him up at UGA. And we just kind of, it was just more of a, let me see if you're the right fit for this program. What do you want to know? Uh, just just personal stuff, my background, how long had I been coaching, where all did I coach, college ball, um, did I have a fa- you know, family stuff. You know, it's crazy. Like both of us have played for, for Snellenberger. You know, that's something that we had in common and, you know, talked about that a little bit and, that was pretty much the gist of it. But you came in as a QC, right? A quality control guy? Yes, sir. With the running backs with Coach, Coach TB, Thomas Brown. So you come in as a QC. So you think, I guess at that point, isn't your path is sort of, you're going down a coaching path, not a recruiting path. I was just, I was just here, Coach. <laughs> I was just like, whatever I need. I, and, you know, I was like, hey, I, I'm going to learn as much ball as I can on the collegiate side. You know, you come in thinking, hey, man, I just won a state championship and I know ball, but being on this level, man, it taught me a lot, you know, when it came to game plan and sitting down and listening to the different guys and how they strategize and how much film we had to watch and just coming up with different schemes and things of that nature. Like it, it opened my eyes a lot. On my notes here, I said, how much football, literally I'm reading right now, how much football did you think you knew versus what you learned? <laughs> oh man, listen, I thought I knew a hefty amount of football, man. Pump and go. That doesn't work in college, Cooney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then boom, you, you get in here and everything is to a T. Everything is detailed. Practice is detailed. And, you know, of course, you in high school, you have practice plans and you talk about scripting practices and, you know, having a different um, segments of practice and things of that nature. But everything on the collegiate level is time. 
how many years do you have? Is one year or two years with Coach Rick in that position? I want to say I did one year with TB in the, in the running backs, and then I wound up going with uh, with Dugans to the receivers. So then, of course, Coach Rick steps down. Manny takes over. Manny comes to you, presents you with an opportunity. You're going to get out of coaching. You're going to get into the recruiting world. And so what does he present? What does he say? How did you receive it? Why did you embrace it? Well, uh, what Coach Diaz said to me was he felt like we needed to really transition the recruiting position at the University of Miami to being about building relationships and what better person to have in this role than somebody that has a lot of relationships in this area. You know, with him saying that and just believing in me and hats off to, to Blake um, and Coach Diaz for having, you know, the mindset to, you know, that we need we need to be able to recruit at a high level at the University of Miami. Not that we weren't doing it before, but, you know, we would lose lose battles at the end, lose battles in the beginning sometimes just because, you know, we didn't have the relationships with families, the relationships with the, the people that were in the community that mattered. And that's where kind of like the role of director recruiting kind of evolved for me, you know, just to be able to make a phone call and you, you're, call, you're not wasting time. You're calling the right people and getting, getting good and solid information because you know how it is down here in Miami. Like everybody has their own, you know, I can call, I can call Josh and, and Josh knows if I'm calling Josh, I'm calling Josh for a reason. And Josh knows what I need and how to get things done. So I, Hey Josh, I need to get in contact with the, the best person for whatever, you know what I'm saying? And you, and I know I'm calling you because I know you have that contact. I'm not wasting time calling the wrong people. So being able to do that, I think it kind of enhanced our ability to to land, you know, the the right kind of guys that fit in the University of Miami. So when he presents this to you at first, you're like, man, I'm not going to be a coach anymore. Or were you like, this is great. I love it. Let's go. I'm, I'm all in. I was all in. I was all in because I just felt like it was something that that was needed. I love the fact that, like I said, to kind of go back, like I'm big on loyalty. I'm big on, you know, being where your feet are. And, you know, to have the opportunity to still be at the University of Miami during the transition, uh, why not? And in a new position, be it on the field, all the field. I'm still able to go and practice and still get my football fixed, but I have a role and a, a responsibility to, you know, Coach Diaz and to this university to, to do my job. So I, I want to do it at a high level at all times. The group he put together, right? You, Demarcus Van Dyke at the time, now it's Mike Rumpf, Coach Pata, the, the three of you. What did he want your priorities to be? What, what was his vision for this kind of retransitioned or reprogrammed recruiting department? He really wanted us, like I said, to, to kind of get into the, the minds of the families. What's important to, you know, Josh and his family when it comes to why they won't let their kid come to the University of Miami? You know, and, and like if I'm recruiting, you know, Josh, Hey, listen, let's, let's talk. Let's, let's build a relationship so that I can't, we got to make it hard for you to say no at the end. We want to make it hard for you to, for you to say, Hey, look, I want to go to this other school. Our our job is to make it hard for you to to build such a relationship to where it's like, uh, yeah, they probably are, are winning on a high level right now, but I see the vision that the university of Miami has. And I want to be a part of that. So you're actively recruiting as opposed to actively scouting. Oh yeah, both. <laughs> well, obviously you got to scout, get the right guys, but I guess the, there's more of an emphasis in your your department to be recruiting. No doubt, no doubt, we have to. 
Yeah, so we're kind of like the front lines. Like we, you know, we gather information and make sure that our coaches are are not, you know, wasting their time with things that aren't important, things that aren't, you know, things that aren't gonna make a make a difference in the, you know, not just the recruiting, because we're 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 far beyond recruiting. We we're relationship builders. You know what I'm saying? And and, and that's that's what's gonna set us apart. Hi, Hurricane fans. Joe Zagacki here for UPS. Your customers want more from your business. You've got to make more happen, whether they're in Miami or on the other side of the world, globally or locally. UPS is building solutions to help businesses give their customers exactly what they want. More made easy. UPS, official logistics company of Miami Athletics. When you were in the high school world, whether it was seven on seven or a high school coach, you, you mentioned you were at Paradise Camp, then you took kids to, to Alabama. You mentioned you had taken kids to Georgia, which if, if I'm sure people uh, who understand college football know it, but, but if they don't, you know, over the summer, right, kids want to get out and seek schools. You want to get out and see coaches. Coaches from other schools want kids to come and see them, right? There's, there's a whole little world that operates in the summer. So as someone who had, who had been kind of, uh, accompanying those kids to all those schools and seeing those coaches and seeing those programs. How much does that help you understand getting inside the psyche of the kids as you are in your role now? Just understanding that every kid can't come to Miami. Me being in a position that I am in, I want you to go and see, take a 10, 10 hour, but you know, van ride and go to, to uh, Gainesville, take a 12 hour van ride and go to Tuscaloosa, go 14 hours and go to Tennessee and see how that feels. You know what I'm saying? I've done it. I've driven, you know, straight through, you know what I'm saying? And, and now, like, once you get into those towns, like, really, really check it out. Really see if it fits you, you know? And and I don't, I have, I, I've never, even when I was, when I was the high school coach, you know, my, I've never tried to force a kid to go anywhere that they want to go. And I think Coach Diaz does an amazing job with us, you know, just kind of making sure our coaches understand we want hurricanes. We want kids that want to be here. We want kids that will do whatever it takes to put that you on the side of their helmet because it means that much to them. So if, you know, a kid being coerced into going to another school just because of a logo or just because of, you know, they have nice facilities or they have whatever, if that's, you know, your end all be all, then so be it you're not fit to be a hurricane because being a hurricane should mean, it should mean as much to you as it means to us, you know? And and I, I believe that recruiting and relationship building is a two-way street. So the more that we pour that into you, the more that you're going to want to be here. So, you know, being on, being on this side now is, is kind of helped me to, to like kind of, Hey, look, go, go ahead. I'm, I'm cool with it. You know, go see it. But once you decide that you want to be a hurricane, make sure that's a decision that that you're making, you know, and you're and you're solid in it. And I'm sure you you know you've seen kids make the right decisions. You've seen kids make the wrong decisions. You've seen kids make the wrong decisions for the wrong reasons, getting the wrong advice. How much does that help you now, right? That you can make sure that you're making the right decision on the kids you want, and vice versa. Once we all get into just developing that relationship with, with the kid, like you're going to come between the conversations. It's just like, you know, when you got married, like, I, you know, you courted your wife, you dated your wife for so long and like, they know a lot about you and you know a lot about them. 
you know, not that you know everything because they're not going to tell you everything. Just like a kid, they're not going to tell you. They're not going to give you the answers to the test. Hey, what is it going to take to get you to sign to the University of Miami? Oh, coach, well, uh, you got to jump on your right leg 16 times and turn around. And, and no, it doesn't work like that. You know, in your relationship building, like, you know, you kind of want to dig deep enough to where it's, it's all, it all just comes out. You know, with, with us, you know, I just feel like we've been able to to identify and 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 get to know you know the kids on on every level, and, and it's helped us to kind of get the right kids into our program. Coaches has talked about it when he was a DC, and now is the head coach, right? About recruiting this area, right? Being South Florida, that this is where 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 it ends and it begins. Obviously, you're going to recruit outside the area as well, but no no one that knows anything about college football knows that the amount of talent that's down here. No one needs to discuss that. How much does the relationship building enhance your guys' footprint down here? It's kind of like the cornerstone, man. Like I can call a high school head coach and get information on a kid that's six years from, you know, being at the University of Miami. And I have to trust that the coach that I've built this relationship with is giving me the information. Like everybody jokes about kids in general at the University of Miami, like coming to the University of Miami and kids in Dave Broward and Palm Beach, you know, they they kind of grow up with footballs in their hands. You know, they all they all grew up Pop Warner High School and on to college. But we we're so blessed down here to have Coach Diaz from here, you know, DVD, Coach Powder, Rums from Pompano, you know what I'm saying? Our team chaplain. <laughs> played at Deerfield Beach. Like, so we have so many people with so many different relationships down here that we're able to use. And it's, it helps us, you know, get on the, the right type of talent for us as early as we possibly can. You know, and I think that's a huge advantage, especially being in a football hotbed like that down here in Miami. Do you think the way you guys approach it that way has helped change the ability to land the kids like Leonard Taylor, James Williams, et cetera, that you said before, sometimes they were leaving, you know, in the 21 class, it was highly local. There was elite kids, which is to me, part of the transformation. Oh yeah, no doubt. Let's think about it. Like a, a kid like LT, right? If you look back over the course of his recruiting, it was Miami, Miami, Miami. And then we were just kind of like <laughs> nowhere in sight. And Coach Diaz kind of took that uh, to heart. Like, you know, hey, look, we've got to be able to build these relationships and know that why is this kid saying, I don't want to go to the University of Miami? You know, and, and once you you kind of unpack everything, it's, it's going to be more than wins and losses because, you know, with any school, they're going to have their, you know, their ups and downs when it comes to that. And, and the more people that we put around him and the more genuineness that we showed to him, it kind of like, hey, you know, staying home ain't that bad. You know, being able to help, and, and that's my experience, being able to help your own community, it's a major plus. Being able to have a degree from the University of Miami and, and, and you know, just be able to say that I was a hurricane, it carries a lot of weight nationally, <laughs> not just locally. So, you know, and I feel like I'm I'm not giving out trade secrets. It's, it's real. And, you know, to be able to do that, it helped us tremendously with that class. We've talked about this before, but obviously, as you said, you're the front line, but you're not the only line. So Coach Diaz has remade his staff the last two years. 
you have some uh rock stars you got i was about to say i were celebs rock stars whatever you know whatever you want how much does that help you mr director of recruiting man listen i can sometimes i just sit in my office put my hands behind my head and shoot a, shoot a text out or something and hey between coach lashley coach likens you know coach hickson you know coach phil our defensive staff now is is relentless in recruiting Coach T. Robert and Coach Ish, now Coach Packy, Coach Simpson being back. I mean, Coach Coach Justice, picky poison. You know, I, I take that I take our crew over any crew. We had T. Rob on the podcast. I think people that have lived and died in the world of high school recruiting know what he's like. You just want to like give us a, a brief scouting report on on T. Rob. T. Rob is a relentless recruiter. If he if he wants them. We gonna he gonna at least be in your top three. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just by default. Just by default. He gonna make sure that he does his due diligence and he gonna make sure that he gonna be be in the fight to the end. You know, and 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 it's a testament to to like just his personality, man. He's he he gives our staff hell daily. You know, he he's a he's a comedic person, but he's real true to who he's always true to who he is. You know, but he he's also a professional. He's so knowledgeable of the game and can talk and, you know, articulate himself like no other. He was kind of like the steal of the class to me. Coach Aristide, he said something in his meeting with the media. I'm wondering if, if you, uh, I'm going to share it with you. Tell me what you, if you, if you picked up on or knew about it. So he said, right, he recruited three kids at Texas A&M from Miami. And he said, because they asked, well, how'd you get to know, how'd you know Manny? He goes, I didn't really know Manny, but... If you're coming into Miami and taking kids out, Manny knows his city, knows what's going on in his backyard. I'm imagining he might've known who I was. So were you guys aware of who he was? I met Coach Ish on the road. Like when we were kind of transitioning with receiver coaches, I was able to go out and recruit. We bumped elbows, ran into each other at, at different schools. And just knowing his personality, how it could fit here. Of course, Manny knew exactly who he was. We didn't know like the the impact that he actually had, but we knew he had some. And you know, like like I said, like he's just he's one of those guys that's gonna go all out for a kid, and you know he's gonna do his homework, and he's gonna be able to, you know, he'll tell you whatever what the kid's favorite food is, what type of shoes he likes, type of music he likes. He's that detailed, you know. So I think that's part of the reason why he's a part of the staff is you know his detail, his knowledge of the game, and his passion for you know, for his job. How challenging or how much have you just had to rewire your brain to recruiting over Zoom? It's been a little different. I like it into, you know, just FaceTime. It's just like a, it's just FaceTime, <laughs> you know, but without having to put the phone in your hand. I think we've been so like technologically advanced over here at the University of Miami. Like we use a lot of apps. We, <laughs> we use a lot of technology to where, you know, it wasn't that much of a transition. Uh, just not having that in-person contact is, is really what hinders you. Um, because you want to be able to connect with families. You want to be able to connect with those players and being able to see them and get them on campus and things of that nature. That's the one part that you miss. It's kind of like football. You got to be able to adjust. And I think we've adjusted well, you know, especially with the proofs in the pudding with the last two classes. And uh, 22 classes, just been a, a lot of scouting, I imagine? Yeah, 22 class, we've been doing our homework a lot, pounding the tape, because you, you don't want to miss on your evals. You know, we're hoping that earth opens up, you know, here pretty soon. And we're all able to kind of, you know, like I said, connect 
with players, but you know, we've been, like I said, I'm on, if, if you just see my computer screen, there's is a lot of tabs open. A lot of huddle film. A lot of, a lot of huddle film up. <laughs> well, it's funny. We, you know, we didn't, uh, we've talked a lot about relationships and obviously at the end of the day, people are drawn to people, right? Like there's gotta be that connection, but in your world, the tape's got to match. So can you walk me through real quick the process of before you start relationship building, you've got to make sure you've got your list right. So how does that process unfold? Well, position by position, you know, you have certain traits and, and certain things that you're looking for within a player. Like, you know, quarterback is hard to, to determine, you know, how cerebral they are. Just based off of tape, you got to get on the phone with them. So like initially with tape, you know, you just kind of want to see the decision making. You can kind of pick up on that through some film. You don't want to you don't want to spend too much time watching highlights just because I rarely have seen a bad highlight tape. So, you know, we, we kind of try to cut up as much as much game film as possible and, and give the coaches as much to go off of as possible. Um, but just with us, man, kids have to have what we're looking for, you know, just initially. Like your film has to pop. And, and if we can, you know, we feel like your film pops then you get moves on up through our pipeline, man. And, you know, we'll grade you. DVD used to be a very, very, very hard grade when he was in recruiting. I don't know, you know, and we'll sit down and try to figure out, you know, how easy he's gotten. But, you know, he used to be the toughest grader in the recruiting. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you gotta understand his NFL background. His his eyes are, are a lot different than than some of us. Rums pretty much along the same the same way, right? <laughs> pretty much along the same lines. So what happens? You pass it up, and they pass it back down. We'll kind of all get together and just kind of hate. Like they'll come in my office. I'll go and sit down with them, and we'll we'll just say, "Hey, look, let's watch let's watch this kid." Because I, I like they'll initially find the kid and say, "Hey, man, I think this kid can do it. I think this kid can be a hurricane." And we'll go and we'll sit down and we'll watch him. Sometimes we'll agree, sometimes we won't. A lot of the times we'll, you know, we'll just kind of get as much film as we can on them and just say, hey, look, what do you think? I like him, I like this, I like that, I don't like this, I don't like that, and we'll go from there. And then if we like them enough, we'll shoot out a text or we'll put them through our, our pipeline and coach watch them. And, you know, a lot, a lot of times the, the area coaches get calls and texts from high school coaches about their kids and, you know, we, we make sure we do our due diligence on that as much as possible. And, you know, we, we pretty much go from there. Like the coach probably, you know, if the coach is in a, in a meeting and he's getting a text from another high school coach, they'll shoot it over to us and we'll watch the film and say, Hey coach, nah, he's somebody you need to go ahead and check out once you guys finish. And we'll probably go sit down with them and we'll take notes and, and we'll go from there. It's not all sexy and fun, bro. There's a lot of grinding going on. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that people don't understand, but it, it's work. It's a lot of work. And you got to watch the portal too, right? Exactly. Exactly. The portal's a little bit easier sometimes because, you know, those kids come with De'Ara King. Everybody knew who De'Ara King was three years ago. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, depending on the position, you have to kind of unpack it a little bit more, but you know, I think it's a little bit easier within that portal. Are you on the front line of that too? Well, Coach Rump is kind of like taking the reins on that, him being a former on-the-field coach. He, he's kind of like more in tune with, with the portal. That's his lane. That's his baby. It's been good to you guys. It's been real good. All right, buddy. Be good. Be safe. Love you. Thanks for the time. And uh, we'll talk again soon. All right, brother. Take it easy.